Would you turn again, please, to Romans, the 10th chapter. Let me say again what an honor and a privilege it is to be a part of this great meeting. So it's a, it's a highlight to me. Great honor. And uh, just in general in ministry, and uh, I know you, you ministers, I hope you feel the same way. It is such an honor to handle the holy. Yes. Mm. To handle the holy is such an honor. The, the utterance, the anointing, the word. If you weren't with us, uh, Monday we began talking about the source of faith. I want to continue in that in uh, Romans, the 10th chapter. If you didn't hear the previous parts, I believe it would help you to, to get those messages because there's, we're building on some of that now. But in Romans 10, he said, verse 13, Whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? That's a question. What's the answer? They can't and they won't. They can't call and act on something they don't believe. And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? Faith in God is not possible without hearing from God. And that's what we've continued to, to emphasize in my parts on this. I believe it's something the Spirit of God is saying. Um, don't get ahead of the first part. Don't try to implement faith principles and pray prayers and claim and believe you receive before you've heard from God. And he goes on to say, how will they hear without a preacher? Well, that, that has to do with the anointing that's on the preacher. Verse uh, 17, so then faith comes by hearing. You can't get faith any other way. That's how it comes. Faith doesn't come by reading. Unless, while you're reading, you hear from Him. Faith doesn't come by watching broadcasts. Unless... While you're watching that broadcast, you hear from Him. Faith doesn't come from going to church. Unless, huh? Unless while you're in church, while you're in the service, you hear from Him. Is it possible to go to the church and not hear from Him? Oh, yeah. Jesus warned people. He said, uh, uh, to him that has ears to hear, let him hear. And he cautioned about hearing and not hearing. So the only way, everybody say only way, only only way you're going to have real faith in God is by hearing from him. Now, we, uh, uh, it goes on to say faith comes by hearing and he specifies Hearing by the word of God, that's actually the word rhema and the word Christos. 
So it comes by the anointed rhema. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the anointed rhema. That's how it comes. We're cautioned in 1 Timothy. We, we, we saw this earlier, pre, yesterday and the day before, about unfeigned faith. He, he said, he, he, Paul, the Spirit of God through Paul told Timothy, he had unfeigned faith in him that was in his mother and that was in his grandmother. Well, unfeigned means not feigned. What is feigned faith? If there's unfeigned faith, there has to be feigned faith. What is feigned faith? The word means pretend. Pretend. Pretend faith. This is a problem in the church. Pretending you know when you don't. Pretending you've heard from him when you haven't. Pretending you got direction when you just decided to do it on your own. And then trying to apply faith principles to it. This is why people have confessed and it didn't happen. Why they've launched things and it didn't go. God doesn't fail. His word doesn't fail. Real faith in God doesn't fail. But pretend faith fails. (laughs) Y'all okay? Man, y'all are ready. I can tell y'all are. Whew. You are right here. You're like. <laughs> what you waiting on? Matthew 10. Go there, please. Okay, okay. You asked for it, so. Hallelujah. No, I believe we are going to touch on some things today that you, you're going to have to be open. Uh, there is something that can render the Word of God powerless in your life. Say what? Anybody know the Scripture, know what I'm talking about? There is something that can render the Word of God of no effect. What is it? That's a big statement. What's stronger than the Word of God? (laughs) I'm not saying tradition is stronger than the Word of God, but if you embrace tradition as a substitute, then in your life, it's stronger than the Word of God. It renders it, Jesus said, it renders it without effect. Now that's just too bad. That the Word of God is having no effect in your life. Producing no results in your life because you have replaced it with tradition. This is a serious situation. I know I was preaching one time in a place and after I got through, a, a lady came up. And she had a scowl on her face. And she said, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I said, what? She said, I, I can't believe that. I can't accept that. What I had just preached, I guess. I said, what, what do you mean? She said, well, it's like the song says. Oh. Not, not psalm. Psalm. She actually said, it's like the old song. It's like the old song says. I said, what? 
and she quoted part of an unscriptural verse to an old song in a hymnal. And I had given her a half dozen scriptures. And that half verse in that old song carried more weight in her life than all those scriptures. Perfect example. The tradition rendered the word of no effect in her life. Because she had embraced that. And it's not for us to look and judge other people about this. I'm telling you, tradition is sticky. It's sticky. After 50 years, you'll find a few remnants of that sticky, nasty tradition still around your life or in your thinking if you haven't got it all washed out. Don't underestimate tradition. It can hurt you. It can hinder you. It can steal from you. Um, In Matthew 10, Matthew 10 and 24 says, Jesus said, I'm reading the NIV, a student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It's enough For the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. Luke says a similar thing in Luke 6, 39. I'm reading again the NIV. He said, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into the pit? Then right into that he says, a student is not above his teacher. Now see, those two go together, the blind leading the blind and the student and the teacher. Why? It matters who you're following. I said it matters who you follow because whatever they wherever they get that's where you're going to get whatever they have that's what you're going to have it matters who you follow a student's not above his teacher but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher will never do beyond the Lord are better, but we can do exactly what he did. Now, yeah, the works could be greater. They won't be greater in quality. Are y'all listening? The servant's not above his mother. The pupil's not above the teacher. And if we're going to have what Jesus saw in his life and ministry, we will have to do it exactly the way he did it. You will not be able to do it. I will not be able to do it another way, Mm -hmm. a different way. It'll have to be exactly the way he did it. Go to John, please, the fifth chapter, gospel account of John, chapter five. We're going to read several verses here. John five and one. Somebody say out loud, I'm getting answers today. I'm getting answers by the Spirit of the Lord. John 5, 1 said, after this there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. 
having five porches. Now, other translations bring out that it was five colonnades, five covered areas. And this is, uh, he goes on to say, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folks. So there are at least hundreds of people out here, maybe a lot more. And they're in these five different areas. And they are people who are sick. And something seriously wrong with them. Blind, uh, lame, withered. And the reason they're there is because God was doing something special. He does special things. I said, He does special things. I'm going to precede myself a little bit. If you've read this, you know that a man got healed here, but this man did not get healed on his own faith. This man didn't receive his healing by his own faith. Now that is how most people receive, but it's not the only way. God can do things in ways we never thought of. And he does special things just to remind people He's here, and he can do it, <laughs> and it's his will. And so there was this pool there, and it goes on to say that ever, ever so often, I guess nobody knew when it was. It wasn't on a set schedule, or they wouldn't be there all the time. And all at once, the, the pool would start, the water would start uh, moving. And the Bible tells us what it was, is that an angel would go down. And trouble the waters. I don't know if he stuck his foot in there and swished it around. I don't know if he put his wing in it. I don't know what he did. But the water, I guess, was normally, it's a pool, so normally nothing going on. But then when that water started moving, man, everybody, all those hundreds of people made a dive for the pool. And the first one in got healed. Just one. Just one. And then everybody else is waiting until the next time. Now, they didn't have to do that. They had a covenant with God. They had a covenant of healing, but they had gotten away from it. Let it slip. And that's sometimes you'll see why and when the Lord does some of these spectacular sign things is to wake people up and get them back to what they should be in. Sign. What does a sign do? Get your attention. You go, oh, look at that. God's still doing signs. Yes, I said, God's still doing, he's still in the sign business. Still in the sign business. Come on, let, let, let's lift up a prayer. Let's let him hear something out of this convention. Wait, wait, just a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Focus, a focus. Said out loud, oh God. Oh God. Great mighty God. Stretch forth your hand. To do signs and wonders, healings and miracles to get glory to yourself and glory to the name of Jesus. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He heard that. And it is his will. And he grants those requests. 
There was a man there, had a, a problem 38 years. Jesus saw him there, knew he was like that. He said, will you be made whole? The man said, I don't have anybody to put me in the water when it's troubled. Uh, I don't have anybody to help me in. So when it happens, I'm trying to get there. Somebody always beats me. Somebody always gets there before me. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Immediately, the man was made whole. Then he took up his bed and walked. Now, that's not how you'll see it like, uh, when, it, when it's the individual's faith involved. Like, for instance, the man that had the withered hand. The Lord told him, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched forth his hand and it was made whole. The, faith, the act of faith preceded the manifestation of power. That's not what happened here. He was made whole. Then he got up. It wasn't his faith. It was gift of the Spirit. It was special faith. It was working on miracles. Can you see this? And uh, immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. The Jews therefore said, it's a Sabbath day. Uh, what are you doing carrying your bed? He said, he that made me whole, the same, he told me, take up my bed and walk. And asked him, what man is that that said that to you, take up your bed? And he didn't know. He didn't know who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Now, without taking the time to read all this, when you get down to, um, let's see, this, this 17th verse here, he said, my father works up till now, and I work. I'm working. And in verse 19, Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For what things soever he does, these also doeth the son likewise. I want you to look at that phrase in verse 19. The son can do nothing of himself. Say it out loud. The son can do nothing of himself. Say it again. The son can do nothing of himself. In uh, the Weiss translation and the Young's literal says it like this. Most assuredly, I'm saying to you, the son is not able to be doing by himself anything except that which he's seeing the father doing. Look at, skip down to verse 30. In case you didn't get it, he says it again. Verse 30, what did he say? I can of my own self do nothing. Did Jesus say this? Did he mean it? Was it true? I can of my own self do nothing. The weast says, as for myself, I'm not able to be doing even one thing. By myself. The NAS says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. 
The complete Jewish says, I can't do a thing on my own. Tell me who said that. Tell me who said that. Huh? Most Christian people do not believe that verse. No, they don't. They'd fight you over saying this. (laughs) Why? Because it's been replaced with tradition. And our camp has gotten free from that specific tradition, but we created another that's just as damaging. Hmm. You want to hear it? Got to be open. What do you mean? Traditional. Christians believe, they don't believe this. They reject this outright. They believe Jesus is God. And he could do whatever he wanted to, whenever he wanted to do it, wherever he wanted to do it. He walked on the water. Why? Because he's God. He healed the sick. Why? He raised the dead. Why? He's God. That's wrong. I said, that's wrong. He is God. He did do those things, but he did not do it as God. And according to him, he couldn't do it whenever he wanted to. Y'all with me or not? I said, according to him. According to him. He walks into this place five Porticos, full of people, hundreds of people at least. Does he care about all those people? Huh? Is it God's will for all those people to be healed? Huh? Can God's power heal all those people no matter what's wrong with them? He ministers healing to one and leaves. He leaves five porches full of sick people. And according to him, the reason he didn't heal all of them was the text. The text. Uh. Uh-uh, no. Y'all with me or not? According to what well, you just read it twice. The, why didn't he heal everybody under those porches? Because he couldn't. Now see that jars you. You think, no, no, no. Verse 19. He's talking specifically about the healing. That's what all this is about. They're taking him to task because it happened on the Sabbath day. And he said, the Father is working. John 14, he said, the Father in me. He does the works. Jesus never took credit for one healing. As he walked the earth, he never took credit for one miracle, one healing, even one good message. 
He said, the Father. The Father in me. He's doing it. And he said, I can't do anything of myself. Y'all are quiet. Am I reading the word or not? Verse 19, are you there? Verse 19. Verily, verily. When Jesus says something like that, what does that mean? You better pay attention. Huh? This is an absolute, eternal truth. You better, you better focus on this. The Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees the Father do. For what things soever He does, that's what the Son does. Then He said it again in verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just. I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. There are several other scriptures, especially right here in the book of John, that say the same thing. I only say what I hear him say. I I only speak the words he gives me. I only do what I see him do. Did Jesus say this repeatedly? Over and over again. But we haven't paid attention to it. We, We haven't heard him. What do you mean? Well, we, uh, we rejected the tradition that Jesus did everything he did as God. We got revelation on that. I'm talking about our camp. And we believe and understand he did what he did as a man. If you believe that Jesus ministered the healing, the deliverance, worked the miracles as God, then there's no way you're going to believe you can do it. No, no, no. You, you are, you're going to put everything he did in a category unattainable to you. And yeah, but he's God. That's going to be the answer to everything. Well, why don't you do what Jesus did? Well, no, he's God. I keep, I'm not Jesus. I'm not God. But we got revelation from the word. Thank God. And we saw passages like Philippians says he became like other men. He emptied himself of his mighty weight and glory and power and became like other men. He didn't do any miracles until he was baptized in the river and the Holy Spirit came on him and he was anointed. Well, God doesn't need to be anointed. To do miracles, he's the anointer. And Jesus is God. He didn't stop being God, but he became and functioned like a man with no unfair advantages over us. Elsewise, he can't say, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do. How could we believe that? Unless he's doing it as a man anointed by the Spirit, and He'll anoint us with that same Spirit, then we see the glorious possibilities of doing what He did. But the servant's not above his master. You'll have to do it exactly the way He did it, or it's not going to work. Now, I said we have developed our own tradition. That hinders the word of God. What do you mean? We believe that Jesus did what he did as a man. And so we believe it's possible for us to do it. But we hung on to part of the old tradition. That he could do it whenever he wanted. For whoever he wanted. Wherever he wanted. 
Do you see that or not? Yes. We, we, we held on to part of that old unscriptural tradition. And sometimes have preached in our circles that, man, if you get enough faith, if you really find out who you are in Christ and what your authority is, you will go and clean out the hospital. Jesus didn't. I said Jesus didn't. Did he or not? He left five porches full of hundreds of sick people there. And left. Now there were times, numerous times, where he preached and the people heard and faith came and everyone that came was healed. In that meeting that heard, that believed. That doesn't mean everybody in the country was healed. And there were times that the dead were raised. That does not mean all the dead were raised in town. Or in the county. Mark 6. Go over there please. Mark 6. Jesus. In his own hometown. Comes and preaches. And they didn't like it. Mark 6. On the Sabbath day. Verse 2. He he stood up and, and he, he, he read scripture and, and many were astonished. He says, from which says this man this things? Isn't he the carpenter? Mary's boy? They were offended at him. Jesus said, verse 4, a prophet's not without honor, but in his own country, among his own kin, in his own house. And he what? He what? He decided not to bless them with his ministry. He what? Could there do no mighty work save he laid his hands on a a few sick folk and healed them? There were no big miracles. There were no mighty signs manifested. And and the scriptures said, why? Why didn't he do it? Why didn't he do it? Because he couldn't. Now see, if you're still choking on that, you're forgetting I didn't write John 5.19 and John 5.30 huh? and all these other verses. I didn't say that. Jesus, did Jesus say it or not? I can of my own self do nothing. Did he say it or not? He said it repeatedly. Did he mean it? Was it true? And so it's a trick of the enemy And we'll get into this uh, perhaps later. I think I'm going to have one more time with you tomorrow. Praise God. So uh, we don't have to do it all today, but it's a trick of the enemy, this tradition that we have embraced. If Jesus did what he did as a man, and because he had enough faith and he knew his authority, he could heal whoever he wanted, whenever he wanted. He could work whatever miracle he wanted, wherever he wanted. If he did it as a man and he called us to do it, then we should be able to do it too. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Huh? What do you mean? 
work whatever miracle we want to, when we want to, minister healing to whoever we want to, when we... Huh? And the problem is, he said he couldn't. And the servant's not above his master. The student's not above his teacher. And what's the problem? The enemy is always trying to get you into some form of condemnation and failure because that robs you of your confidence and your faith. And he wants you. He will push you to try to do things that the Lord didn't tell you to do because he knows you'll fail and then he heaps condemnation on you and just tries to mess up your life and discourage you from even trying to do anything. But by the grace of God, we are not ignorant of that scumbag's device. Ah, that low life. We are not ignorant of what he's trying to do. And we are going to stop doing things or attempting to do things on our own. In a way that Jesus never did it. And we're going to learn from the master and learn how to wait on the father and pray and be led by the spirit and only do. Oh, come on. Help me. I only, only do what he tells us to do. Only do what he shows us to do. Only that. And if we don't have that. We're also not going to take the responsibility of everybody's healing and deliverance on ourselves, trying to act like we can do something that we can't do. The truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. In the book of Acts, we're part of the same church as them. People talk about the early church. Well, it's the same church. Same Holy Spirit, same gospel, same name of Jesus. There are miracles in the book of Acts. Is that right? Signs, wonders, healings, deliverances, dead raised. And it's not Jesus personally doing it. He's using his church. He's using pastors, teachers, prophets. Apostles, isn't he? Yes. People like us. Yes. But how'd they do it? How'd they do it? In in Acts nine, when uh, a woman named Dorcas died, and she obviously was a good believer, did a lot of good works, and people really cared about her, and and they knew Peter wasn't far away, so they sent for him to come after she had died. So they must think something can happen here. So he comes in verse Acts 9.40. Acts 9.40. Peter came in and there's the woman dead. And what did he do? He put everybody out. He saw Jesus do that. And then he did what? Kneeled down. And prayed. Does Peter have faith? Huh? 
Does he know, does he know something about his authority in Christ? What's he waiting on to raise the woman up? What's he waiting on? Why didn't he just walk in the door and command her to get up? Because he can't. I said, because he can't. If it's true that the Lord could do nothing of himself except what he heard the Father say and the Father showed him, it's certainly true about Peter. Yes, yes. And you and me. Yes. Why didn't Peter just walk in the door and go, I know who I am in Christ. I'm full of faith. I got authority in the name of Jesus. I command you to get up and walk. Because he couldn't. He, could. he didn't have faith to do that because he hadn't heard from the, the Lord to do that. He was prompted to go. So he went. When he got there, he's prompted, put everybody out. So he did. The Lord leads you in steps. And he knelt down by the bed and prayed. What's he praying about? What's he praying? Lord, what, what do I do here? Huh? Come on, can you see it? What, do I do? what can I do here? And you, you want to start out with, with some humility. I can't do anything of myself. I can't. What do I do? What do I do? And obviously, while he's there knelt down, the Lord told him, stand up and speak how, hallelujah, speak to it. And so he turned to the body. He said, Tabitha, get up, girl. She opened her eyes. But why wait? Why kneel down and pray? In uh, Paul, that situation where there was a... um, the damsel that was possessed with the spirit that followed them around and, and kept hollering out, these men are servants of the most high God. And they tell us where salvation. These men are servants of the most high God. And what she was saying was true, but ooh, irritating. <laughs> Who wants the devil testifying for you? I mean, it's, mm, it, it was bad. So Paul took care of that situation, didn't he? No, he didn't. Not that day. No, he didn't. He shut that up, didn't he? Not that day and not the next. And not even that week. Acts sixteen eighteen. Acts sixteen eighteen. This did she what? She did it what? Many days. Not two days, not three days. She did what many days? These men are servants of the most high God. These men. Why did Paul put up with that? For many days. Why didn't he stop that? Why? There you go. Because he couldn't. Unless and until he had heard something from the Lord. Come on, are y'all with me or not? Unless and until he couldn't do anything of himself. But apparently after many days, he got, something came on him. He got grieved about it. He turned to the spirit. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it happened just like that. But why didn't he do it a week earlier? 
Why didn't he do it before? When they were on that ship in that typhoon. And day after day and week after week, they are, you know, at death's door. Why didn't Paul stand up on the deck of that ship and command that storm to lay down? Why didn't he rebuke that storm? Why? He couldn't. Until, unless the Lord showed him. And in that case, he didn't. What he did tell him, he said, the ship's going to be lost. But everybody's life will be saved. So can you have faith to, to calm the storm based on that word? Uh-uh. What you can have faith for is that everybody's going to live. You can't have faith to calm the storm. And one of the reasons why is because the Lord gave them a word before they ever left port not to leave. Come on, are y'all with me? Not to leave and not to do it. And they ignored what the Lord said. And so now it's going to cost them. Because they didn't listen. We cannot separate exercising our faith and our authority from being led by the Spirit of God. Not successfully. Back in the 80s at Ramah, one morning, one of our, uh, one of the young guys that was on the praise team and uh, uh, just a strapping young man, big, healthy young man, I think he was 22, 3, something like that. And uh, man, uh, uh, his wife uh, in their apartment, he didn't wake up and so she's shaking him and shaking him and... Uh, so they, they rushed him to the hospital and everything. And, um, well, there's thousands of us students and, and Brother Hagin himself led to prayer for him. And at one point, he quit praying and just got up. And nobody knew what or why. And, and the young man died. Well, we're a faith bunch. I don't sit well with us. And you don't want to get used to accepting things like that. But what we must remind ourselves continuously, there is so much we don't know. Come on, say it out loud. There is so much we don't know. Which is why we have to rely on the Holy Spirit for every situation because He knows all the history, how it got to this place, all the things that are going on behind the scene that we don't, He knows. And he's going to lead us in line with that. And the Brother Hagin told, told us, the Lord gave him a word when he was praying about it. He said this, spiritual laws were set in motion long ago, and they cannot be changed at this time. Well, that's the word. Can, I, can he have faith to do something else? You want to. But that's... The Lord is faithful. He is faithful. You call on Him, He will answer you. I said He will answer you. He will answer you. It may not be what you wanted to hear. His will didn't change. Was that His perfect will for that young man to die like that? No way. No how. No way. But a lot of things that happen, it's not God's perfect will. And what came out later, some of his friends came to the funeral 
And they said, uh, they didn't know what Brother Hagin said. The Lord said, they said, yeah, you know, isn't this something? Uh, he didn't make 30. And they said, what do you mean? They said, you know, even as a little boy, he, sometimes we'd be playing and he'd just stop and get sober and say, you know, I'll never live past 30. And they said, no, why he said that? Even as a boy. Well, the enemy. The enemy's trying to feed that to him. I'll never live past 30. He had said that for years. Can you hear why the Spirit of God said spiritual laws were set in motion? But now if you're trying to believe for his healing, or if you're trying to do something else, raise him from the dead, then that's not going to work because the Lord didn't tell you to do that. Y'all okay or not? Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. A few years ago, well, first of all, let me say, we've been in the ministry 40 plus years now, and we have seen some miracles to the glory of God. I I have seen broken bones instantly put back together. I've seen ears open up. I've seen tumors disappear right in front of my eyes. I've seen some wonderful things and but there have been some things that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Two. We tend not to talk much about those. But we need to, need to understand. A few years ago, my wife and I, and I guess my associate, Brother Dave, was with me too. Yeah, he's, he's right there. Um, we were going to the airport to, to go somewhere. And we got a call that some of our staff members, something was wrong with their baby, two-year-old, something serious. Well, we were just right there. These are uh, not only church members, they're our our staff in the ministry. And so we went over there, and the child is lying motionless, and uh, I think just two years old maybe. And uh, uh, man, you know, you know it's God's will for this baby to be healed. Amen. Right? God, you know it's God's perfect will for this baby to be healed. And they said the baby's not breathing. The baby's not breathing and hadn't been breathing for a while. And, and I, I knelt down there. And, of course, I'm their pastor and, and the spiritual leader. And they're looking to me. And everything in me wants to command are y'all listening? Life into this baby, everything in, in me. But, you know, and I've made mistakes in times past where I tried to do things that the Lord didn't tell me to do. And it didn't work. So I had learned. And so I did what we just read about what Peter, I knelt down by the baby. And I'm reaching out with all my heart. I want that word. I want that. I want that. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, he's with me. The baby, he's with me. I didn't want that word. I don't. I don't want that word. Oh God! I, I, and the mother is is screaming by the baby, and I, I said, Lord, he's with me. That's my word. What can I do? Help me out. What, what can I do? What else can I do? Huh? 
What can I do? He's with me. And as I, as I knelt there by that mother and that father, it felt like my heart was breaking in two. It's not my baby, but it just, it felt like something is breaking inside here. I thought, God. But what can I do? What did Jesus say? I can. Now, now here's, here's where you've got to open your mind. If this had been in Jesus' ministry, and he had been there, he would have for sure raised the baby up, right? Not unless. Do you hear the revelation? He didn't raise everybody from the dead. He said, I can't do anything of myself. It was a hard, hard day and week. And I did the funeral. <coughs> and uh, before the funeral, the Lord gave me something. I said, Lord, what do I say? We know this is not God's perfect will. We know it. But... I either believe it's, it is God's will, like the old tradition, or I believe I could fix it if I had enough faith, and that's going to leave me in condemnation from now on. That's good. Can, come in, can you see that or not? And that's not right. That's lies. If Jesus can't, you know, do anything of himself, I, what can Keith do? And I mean, while I was getting ready to go over there and, and, and preach that sermon, the Lord gave me a glimpse of what he said, he's with me. Amen. I saw him. I saw a big field of high, beautiful grass and beautiful flowers. And they were, they were little kids everywhere. You know, the Bible said of such, uh, you know, heavens, a lot of kids there. And he was running and playing with all those little kids. And they were laughing, and they were having a time, man. And, and I realized there was nothing there that could hurt them. They could run anywhere over everything, play, jump, fall, roll. He's with me. Now, I know you're quiet. But is the word true? Yes. Are we going to let our tradition we've invented supersede the Word of God? Are we going to join company with Paul and Peter? Come on, are you with me? And Jesus. And realize when something's going on, we can't just fix everything because we want to. Come on, are you with me? We got to hear from Him. I experienced something, and I'm closing. Uh, when my dad went home to be with the Lord, he went home early. He wasn't 70 years old yet. And the way he went, I did not like it. It bothered me. And actually, 
I was involved in what we were doing when he went and there was some stress put on him. And I thought, well, we didn't have to do that. I, I didn't have to do that. And it was bothering me. And I was crying and hurting through part of the time because I, this is not God's perfect will. Come on. Amen. And in several days after that happened, the Lord let me have an experience. And I saw him. And uh, I won't go into the detail right now, but after this experience, it was amazing. I, I, I got up and I went out of my bedroom into the kitchen and I sat down at the, at the breakfast bar and I actually looked for grief and couldn't find any. I mean, there was no vestige of grief. God had by His Spirit Taken it out of me. Praise God. Didn't the Bible say Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord's on me because He's anointed me? And one of the things is to heal the broken heart. I'm telling you, no matter what you've been through, the Holy Spirit can do a work in you so that there's no sorrow left. There's no vestige of grief remaining. And he sent me here today to speak this over you and into you. Stand up on your feet right now. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. Whether it's from years ago or whether it's from something recent, the sorrow of the world works death. And you're not to have it. It's hurting you. It's killing things in your life. Don't believe God can't heal you. God can't deliver you from that. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Say it out loud. Father God, I have faith in your Holy Spirit, your holy anointing, your holy joy, your holy peace. Minister to me and take out of me any grief, any sorrow, any pain, any darkness, any depression, any confusion. I speak against that. Go in Jesus' name. Go. Get out of here. Grief, all sorrow. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Now lift up your hands and let the peace of God flow into you. Let the joy of the Lord flow into you and say it out loud by faith I will be glad, I will rejoice in the Lord my God. Oh, begin to praise God. And begin to laugh. Begin to laugh. And begin to praise God. Begin to praise God. And begin to laugh. Laugh. And praise God. Laugh. And praise God. Laugh. Ha 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 Laugh. And praise God. Laugh. And praise God. Laugh. And praise God. Ho ke hai. Le ho china. Oh, come on, keep keep praising him. Oh, pin Oh, 
kon hane isha 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 koe hana isha isha kona hoe isha death could not hold me down says the lord and death shall not hold you down you are delivered from all the power of darkness you are set free Somebody say glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory, come on, the, the more you praise him, the greater the breakthrough on the, hallelujah, praise you Jesus, praise you Jesus, praise you Jesus, praise you Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Somebody shout, I'm free. I'm, I'm free. Come on, keep praising him. And keep shouting, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Oh, hallelujah. No more sorrow. No more sadness. No more grief. No more pain. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. 